Hey everybody, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello as we are back from our Christmas break. Basically, the only time off I get from this podcast is on a holiday situation or if I'm sick. Um, so yeah, I'm back. I'm happy to be back. It's time to get us ready for the 2020 half of not only this FIFA, but the San Pedro FIFA League as we step into 2020. There's a lot to be excited about. Um, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have the curtain raiser of the season. It's the League Cup, the Vincent Thomas Cup, as we like to call it. Um, and frankly, it does set the table for many different teams. A lot of teams who have won this cup go on to win the league. It's a nice thing to kind of add to the trophy case. It's not as significant as the FA Cup or, of course, the league title. And, you know, fingers crossed, potentially a top eight playoff type of thing in the future. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year or next season, excuse me. Uh, we, we are, we're getting towards things like that, I'm sure, at some point. I'm not going to say yet or in, 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 in any time now, maybe a season or two away from that. But here's the thing. I've missed you guys. We've been gone for a while, and it's time to catch you up on something. So let's get this podcast rolling right along. Um, let's get into the Jamie Vardy and Young Boys deal. Listen, Manchester United will receive Jamie Vardy. Young Boys in return will receive 17 million euros. Ronnie Golosic has done this thing since coming into the league, and that's flip his players very well. And it's not just always for cash. He's been able to flip some players and, and get the right people on his team. He had David Villa. Obviously, he's retiring. And I'll get into the whole what Ronnie does next to you know kind of make up for Jimmy Vardy leaving. But that pace going to a team that already has some talent up front. You have to like what Pierre's done just with this move. Even if he does nothing else for the rest of the offseason, even though he's been a guy of big moves in the past, I like this deal for both Ronnie and Joey. And I really think as far as the league goes, you have to be pretty happy about teams being aggressive, right, in the first division. Because... Both these teams are not guaranteed to be safe. I mean, Pierre's had a very good start to the season. He faded a bit, and then he kind of got his form back near the end. It's not easy to continue your form. And I think Ronnie, after coming out of D2 last year, winning the whole thing, he realizes it's not easy to win D2. I can't imagine competing in D1. Now, you got to think, even if, and this is a big if, even if we had a playoff, Ronnie would still have to compete to get into that. And there's not many people are going to pick him to do that. But we don't have that yet. So literally only one team gets to hoist a league title at the end of the season in D1. And many people are going to have Ronnie maybe just <laughs> trying to survive. But I like this deal for Manchester United. I like this for young boys. It's because of what Ronnie does next. He goes and he turns around and places... A $25 million bid on Alfonso Davies. And I think this is a good deal. And this is what I talk about with flipping players. Like, more people need to do this. Like, even I, down in D2, watching this, along with the other guys in D2, need to flip our players. Like, I don't necessarily agree with the Gareth Bale deal. But, I mean, hey, Harry Maguire, that improves your team long-term. 
I'm not mad at Mike for making that deal. At first I was like, what? And then you go back and you're like, well, Chris might have his moments. And we talked about in the past podcast how important it is to have a window of opportunity of success, right? You want to be good. How long can I be good for? You get about two seasons for one season of FIFA, right? So you get two seasons of the San Pedro FIFA League for one season of FIFA. And if you could capture some decent greatness with players over those two seasons, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. And you're looking at a team like Chris's where he's going to have a load of talent. You can't be too mad at Mike for saying, hey, I, I'm going to go and get Harry Maguire. I'm going to get a little bit of extra dough. And I'm going to put myself in the best position to improve my team. Well, Ronnie just did the same thing. Alfonso Davies is a younger player. He's a little unproven. But he's at the right club to improve. And he's only going to get better. And from the performance that I've watched him play, uh, excuse me, play, and I know he's got a big-time player in front of him in multiple positions. You know, he can't, he can't just go out and plug out in the wing when Nabry's healthy. Or when Coman's healthy. You know, Lewandowski, you got guys in front of you. And even if he, and I know he can play in multiple positions, maybe not in this FIFA. But the guy gets it. He's, he's a pretty decent player for his age. He's only 19. And he's playing for Bayern Munich. I don't know what more you need him to do. In the Bundesliga this year, 13 games played, one goal, two assists. Uh, some cool stats here. He's played 59% of the minutes in the Bundesliga season. He's been in the starting 11 53% of the time. The staggering performance data, I would kind of question his 6% goal participation. That's where I'm looking at. Can he get better at FIFA or can he get better in the game? He's going to have to be more involved. Obviously, having a guy like Lewandowski, who is red hot, uh, be in your way. Uh, you know, he kind of gets in the way of that, but it's all right. He can always improve. In the Champions League in three games, he has two assists. So he's been pretty decent. Uh, obviously, for Canada, he's got 17 caps, five goals. He's a pretty decent player you're bringing in. Obviously, he's not quite Jamie Vardy, in my opinion, but it's something that you can keep your eye on and kind of just be like, ah, oh, this, is, this is something that we can see improving as time goes on. Let's move on to another deal. We got PSG getting Christian Teo. Now, it's not quite George Tello's status, but you know what? He'll have to do. He goes for 6.4 mil. Uh, in return, Barcelona received that very random number. Listen, Teo's worth about 6 mil right now, and that's in, I believe I have it in euros. Let me see if I how I have this set up. I believe I have it in pounds. So he's worth 6 pounds. So, I mean, 6 million pounds. It's not a bad deal. I think that you're getting a pacey player. Listen, he's 28, though, so maybe Barcelona might feel different. But the stats don't lie. I mean, he's he hasn't really done much uh, this season so far. Uh, in 10 games, he has yet to record a goal or an assist. He's only played 20% of the minutes. And even though he's available on both wing positions, he's only been in the starting eleven. 16% of the time, those stats provided by TransferMarket.com. So we have those things underway. A guy I'm very curious about, and maybe not many of you know, as we move on to Leon's minimum bid of 8 mil for uh, Jose Luis Morales Nogales. It's like he's having a competition of who can have the longest last name uh, or the, 
the most names in the league, excuse me, for one player. You know, he plays for Levante. He, he's been there since 2013. It's been a nice little run for him in this league, in, excuse me, La Liga. But this season, slow start for a guy who plays center forward. I know he's a fill-in player, 32 years old. He's probably not going to play many minutes uh, for Santi. But for a guy who in real life is definitely not going to improve, uh, just because I like the stats that Transfer Market uh, gives you, he's been in the starting lineup and has, play- and has also played 89% of the minutes. Um, but he's only been involved in 7% of the goals. He's recorded the same amount of yellow cards, one, as goals and assists, and he's played in 19 games in the La Liga season so far. So it's pretty much he's played half the, or excuse me, he's pretty much played every game so far. Um, listen, it's 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 a it's a filler move. It's not something surprising by Santi. I know it's a move he's got to make uh, at this point in the season. And I, I wouldn't be shocked as we go forward. We see guys make more of these moves because that is where we're getting to. It's time to get ready for the the VT Cup, and it's time to see who could really get going in that manner um, because there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot to look forward to, and uh, I really think that guys will start to add little petty players here and there, uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing or indictment to the league. This is strategy. It saves money, and uh, we'll see how, how guys go about it as we get closer and closer just to the season starting. We are going to take a break here on the podcast. We'll be right back. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about what we should expect out of this VT Cup as we inch closer and closer every day to the season's curtain raiser. All right, guys. So before we get into the whole VT Cup drama and everything like that, let's get into a little bit of all the news going around in the top headlines of the day and kind of the week, Um, of course. Musa Suzuko is expected to miss three months now with an injury. I believe it was an ankle injury, um, and he will miss out. Obviously, this comes on the back of Harry Kane being hurt. U.S. sources, or excuse me, ESPN sources, sorry, are saying that there is a U.S. men national team in Wales friendly still in the works. They are not entirely sure where they're going to have it at, but rumor is it could end up on the West Coast. Sources, again, on from ESPN, Manchester United's Harry Maguire is out with a muscle tear. They're not sure for the timetable as of right now, but if it is a hip injury, you can imagine he's going to be out for a while. Further sources from ESPN, Manchester United are considering a Donny van de Beek move along with Hakeem Zayek also being rumored. The 26-year-old and the 22-year-old midfielders are very valued to Ollie's plans as it looks like Manchester United is willing to spend the money this January. However, you cannot expect Ali to be able to get these players with much ease. Zayek, yes, he may be going for about 25 to $40 million, but it's Van de Beek that is going to cost a hefty price. Sources around Ajax are already saying he could cost up to excess of 50 million euros. There is no guarantee that United are going to be willing to pay that much for a player who could change a lot of what they're trying to do. If you are catching this recording, obviously you're going to catch it late, but during this right now, it is the 25th minute between Valencia and Real Madrid in the semifinal of the Supercopa. Now, Real Madrid is winning one to nil, so I'll keep you guys updated as we go along. If you're looking for something to watch today, the Carabao Cup, excuse me, at 12 o'clock at noon on ESPN Plus, if you have that, Leicester City will take on Aston Villa in what is the first leg of the semifinal in that Carabao Cup. 
The winner eventually will probably play City after City demolished Manchester United 3-1 yesterday. Of course, Kevin De Bruyne's comments taking a little bit of a hit back as he said it took us only 15 minutes of training to get ready for Manchester United. So I imagine when those two teams meet again, uh, Kevin De Bruyne will get very familiar with a few players' cleats and the grass in which he runs on. Let's get you guys ready for what's going on in the Premier League this weekend. And if you're off on Friday, well, you're a lucky one. At noon, Sheffield United and West Ham United do battle if you're willing to check out that game. On Saturday, though, is the big slate, the 4.30 game here on in Pacific time. You East Coasters are very lucky. Crystal Palace and Arsenal will get us going. And on the 7 a.m. slate, it's Chelsea, Burnley, Everton, Brighton, and Holjavian, Leicester City, and Southampton. Manchester United host Norwich City, Wolves against Newcastle, and then the big one at 9.30, Tottenham Hotspur against Liverpool. And then on Sunday, just before you get ready to watch the second half of those American football games, you have Bournemouth and Wofford at 6 a.m., and then Villa look to outlast City in an 8.30 game. So those are what we have for you right now. Um, basically, that's just kind of the simple news I wanted to kind of drop for you guys before we move on. Um, really quickly, there is a supposed rumor going around that Luka Modric has been approached. His people have been approached by DC United. Uh, we saw the success that Wayne Rooney had when he went to DC United. However, Luka Modric might not be willing to call it quits yet, just yet in Europe. He may feel that a move to Inter, who are rumored to be going after Vidal, and that one has been pretty much put to place with Barcelona saying that he's not for sale. So it could pretty much add end up with Modric probably leaving Real Madrid in the end, but maybe not to the MLS quite yet, even though that would be pretty awesome to watch him end up in the United States. Now, that is all I have for you guys on the news today. Uh, let's get you guys back to everything else we've been talking about on this podcast. All right, guys, so let's get into the whole aspect of this VT Cup. And I know a lot of people are like, well, we still have some time. There's things that are going to change before this VT Cup. But let me let me get down to business here on what we're trying to get at, what I'm trying to get at at least. You know, because I, I talk to, a, obviously I talk to my producers throughout the week and we just kind of talk about things and then I put them on the show. It's not like we have a clear cut objective on anything, but this VT Cup is going to prove a lot. I got three things I want to have you guys watch out for. Um, the first thing, I want to see how these top four teams try and establish themselves through this cup, we've seen time after time, we see some of the best teams in the league really dominate uh, this cup and they go on and the, that, the winner of the cup goes on to have a fantastic season. We saw last year, even the team that finished or last season, a team that finished second, losing only one nil to Chelsea in LAFC, really got their season kickstarted with this cup. So I think a lot of people are starting to realize like, hey, this really is when the season starts. And if I can get my stuff together right here, right now, I can set a good precedent of what my team is going to do i mean no one expected lafc to finish in the top half you know edison probably backed himself he did a great job of where he finished and you look at what chris did chris broke pretty much every record in the book offensively defensively and then the season he had and now we're going back around we're going to see how people react i want to see how the rest of the top four reacts to what not only what chris did in this last tournament he broke the tournament record it's 25 goals now to beat in cristiano ronaldo someone's going to have to beat that you know someone is going to have to topple that that was ridiculous excuse me i think the record was 21 sorry but it doesn't matter 21 goals it's still something ridiculous like that someone is going to have to um really in order to break that record at least you're going to have to have some type of rhythm that Chris was in. Obviously, it helps when you get a group 
that could benefit you in that manner. But I don't think we'll see that this time around. So don't be ready for that. But I do want to see what these top four teams do. And that re- requires Roman and his squad getting it a little bit more together. You also have Santi, who's looking to bounce back. He did not have the year he wanted to have. And Surge. Surge is a team that you look at that top four. His window of opportunity is the best. That doesn't mean that the other guys can't beat him this season or next season. It's just I feel like the way he set up this team with Jaden Sancho and Rashford up top, he just brought in Kevin De Bruyne, and he's going to have a lot of success with that guy. Um, Now all you can do is look at it and say, how long am I going to have to deal with these guys? Can I stop these guys? Let me tell you something. Everyone's vulnerable by the lack thereof in defense in this FIFA. No one is perfect yet from what I've seen. No one is going to be able to hold you out, even if they think they are. It's just not going to happen. One thing that we can guarantee, and I can guarantee you this, is that as we get closer to the the league season, after what happens here, the teams that walk out, that finish in the Final Four, let's pay attention to them because those are going to be the best teams probably, at least in the league, in the first division uh, going forward. Second thing intrigues me, I want to see what the teams that disappointed us last season do. I want to see uh, teams like Kashima. I want to see how they bounce back. Uh, honestly, Atletico Nacional did not live up to what they had done the year before. I really want to know what David's got in store for himself, and hopefully he can get something going in that manner and give himself a chance. But also, and mainly for me, Wayne. Wayne has to bounce back. He's had some really sketchy years, and if not for people quitting, uh, he may not be in a good position in D1. And that's not an indictment on Wayne's character. He's a great guy, but he's gotten lucky, and let's see if he can turn that luck into something else. I had him last year finishing 10th in, in the first division, and he really just sunk himself down. He was not playing good defense, and when he was playing good defense, he could not score. It was just one of those weird seasons where nothing really worked out for him, and he... I remember talking to him and he said, I could turn this around. I really think I can bounce back. Well, it didn't happen. You know, he ended up still winning the playoff, thank goodness, but we all knew Martin was quitting, so or that came out after. So it was really unfortunate um, had Martin won that game, but thankfully Wayne got it. He's through um, into D1 this season. Those are things I'm watching for, those three teams in this in this. Uh, in this tournament, I really want to see what they can do and see if they can really show up and bounce back. They need more of a showing than I think many of the other teams. And as for my third thing I'm intrigued about this tournament, I want to see how the Division Two teams do. I want to see if these teams can compete. Um, like I said about City earlier, I like what they've done with their defense, adding Harry Maguire. Yes, he's not the paciest guy in the game. I believe he has 51 or 53 pace, something around there. He's not fast, but he controls the game out of the back, and that's important in this FIFA. You do need to be able to touch the ball. Um, And I want to see what other teams can do. Obviously, I know people are going to be interested to see how I do, uh, but I think people should be paying attention to Jalant. I think Jalant has a lot to offer with Aubameyang in that attack along with Christian Pavon. That's some real serious pace, trust me. I tried a few different tactics against it. It did not work. Um, So it's it's something that people are going to have to pay attention to, and I think he's someone that could definitely scare some first division teams. Um, and as for the rest of the, the second division, you're looking at guys who went down last year. How do they get an opportunity to make not just money, uh, but to kind of prove their point that, hey, we may have gone down, but we're still the best of the best uh, as far as the guys down here. Um, the second division has a lot to prove. We know we have a little bit of drama with a couple of guys in D2 with that whole case that went down. 
maybe they get paired in Derek and uh, and Mike Golosic together. That would really be great um, in Atlanta and Inter. But we'll see what happens. I'm very curious to see how those Division Two teams do. It all all comes down to the groups, obviously. Uh, but we'll see where we go from there as we start the new year. Those are the things I'm intrigued about. Let's get on to a new topic. Let's talk about the FIFA Team of the Year. Okay, so the Team of the Year was something that was kind of debated a lot by people, but this was a vote. This was legitimately something people voted on, and we were able to get kind of through it. So let's let's talk about and see where we're at. All right, so let's start at the back. Allison from Liverpool gets in. The left fullback is Andrew Robinson, another Liverpool player. Matthias DeLitt joins Virgil van Dijk as the two center backs. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, another Liverpool player, is the right back. He had a great season. The assist that him and uh, Robertson put put out for Liverpool really showed uh, why they are European champions. And Golo Conte of Chelsea is one of the center mids as we move into this 4-3-3 that they've chosen. Frankie de Jong of Barcelona and Kevin De Bruyne of Manchester City join Conte in that midfield. Up front, Sadio Mane of Liverpool, Kylian Mbappe of PSG, and Lionel Messi of Barcelona. Now, the ratings on this, from what I've seen, at least on Ultimate Team, if you play Ultimate Team, the ratings for the forwards came out, I think it was two days ago, On you know, before I started recording this. I believe Mane was a 97, and Bobby got, what, a 98, something like that. And I know Messi got the 99. Not disputing that. All great players. De Bruyne, I believe, walked out with a 98. De Jong got a 94, I believe, and I pretty sure Conte got the 97 the defender ones I have yet to see that one come out um, so I'm not entirely sure excuse me um, on what the ratings are just as of right now uh, I am on EA's website and they don't have the, the defender rating at the moment uh, but that's just something to keep uh, maybe just an eye out for as we go forward now if you have a guy in this team of the year you have to feel pretty good about yourself right I'm looking at teams like Porto and America who have very key components on their team. You're looking at that list and you're like, man, my guy made team of the year. You got to feel pretty good about yourself. Obviously, Messi and Leon, you know he's going to go on there. Some people are really upset that Ronaldo's not on there. But let me tell you something. He did not have the same kind of year that Mane had influence-wise on Liverpool. Liverpool just had a great season overall, and I get that they kind of maybe overdid it, but I didn't see the same Jordi Alba this year. Marcelo spent most of his year on and off the bench, and that's because of coaches, yes, but you know he, he wasn't able to get over that line. So other than that, I don't think anyone's going to have a dispute with who else is there. I know Mbappe scoring a lot of goals against uh, division, uh, you know, League One in France, and it's just it's not the same because how dominant his team is. But the only person I would put there in his place has got to be what Lewandowski, right? I I don't think Suarez had the same season that Mbappe's had. I don't think Griezmann is up there as well. And if I'm missing someone, please do tell me. I I just I feel like Lewandowski was the guy that if you're going to replace Mbappe with, it's going to be him. But Saw a lot to me. He had a good season, but it wasn't the same. There was a lot of ups and downs in his season when the highs were really high and the lows were really low. So that's something that um, I found like, okay, if people don't want to put him in that conversation, uh, I understood. I felt like that's okay. That that was fair. It wasn't going to hurt my feelings. Or I'm pretty sure many people are okay with the way they set this team up. It's not been bad. 
Um, actually, I, I found the nominees page. Well, <laughs> okay, so this is who else they had. They had Aguero. They had uh, Aubameyang of Arsenal. They had Karim Benzema, Firmino, Hazard, and Harry Kane. Uh, Lewandowski was there with uh, Mane and Mbappe as well. Obviously, you have Neymar, Ronaldo. There was a lot of different guys, Son and Bernardo Silva, Salah. So I don't think they made a bad decision. Um, I felt like the votes were pretty fair. But if, like I said, if you have a guy on this team of the year, I would expect a very nice uh, inform that they kind of do for the team of the year. Um, for some reason, they kind of give them a little bit of a boost as they go forward. So I know we're going to get an update pretty soon in this new FIFA. Uh, so keep your um, keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect this coming tournament. I don't believe that'll be much of a factor. I feel like the teams that are there. Uh, that are in this tournament that we're heading towards are already set. They're ready to go. Uh, and like I said about the transfers that Santi made and a few other managers have made, they're mostly fillers. I, I think at this point we're just trying to fill the voids of our rosters. Um, in my case, I was just being petty towards Ryan just to steal a player because I hate the free player rule. Um, but other than that, I don't find anything else too crazy. Um, I think that you can have uh, a little bit of badge of honor for those who have that. Now, I know you guys weren't expecting this on this here podcast, but let's get to what we're going to look like after this break in the second division as I pick the first couple guys in that division and we get into the D1 conversation just a little bit more as we pull forward towards our league season. We'll be right back. Okay, scratch the whole um, we're going to talk about the divisions type of thing. We are definitely going to wait to have that conversation until next week's podcast, um, where we're going to preview. Um, we're going to preview the league season, and we're going to talk a lot about who is and who and what we should expect from the season ahead. And yes, we are going to dive through every single team. It's going to be a very long podcast, and we're going to talk about D one uh, and D two. D two will probably either be on a separate podcast because of the lack there of teams, but D1 is going to be the focus on this next podcast coming up. So look for that next Wednesday. Um, I'll probably have time to do it on Monday or Tuesday because of the fact of the matter is there is a lot of teams. We're going to have to break them down. I'm going to have to sit there and choose. Uh, I'll probably have uh, a few people help me with that and who I want and, and see how we go about talking about this. But I have a few questions that we can answer, so we can get into that just before we end the podcast. Like I said, this is not a long one this week. I felt bad because we're coming off this break, and now we have just not that much content. Nothing really came of it. I know the case uh, ended up being won by Celtic in the end, um, but really, Evan said it better than anyone. I think, oh, the players, what, 77 overall? We're really having this conversation, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to comment on it. Uh, I put my vote forward. It is what it is. You don't always get what you want. Um, things could always be solved better. Um, at first, I felt that the league should have just made everyone go back. Um, but because I see no one voting for the abstain, I was like, eh, I don't I don't really want to be that only guy. I, I feel like, though, if I'm being honest, abstain should have definitely been something we considered uh, rather than let these two teams or three teams kind of just it, it literally was like a merry-go-round. Like I didn't know what was going on. It, everyone had different stories and it, the story just kept going around and around. And it was, it was something else each time I would hear one person's side and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like if we're doing this over a 77 player, not, 
uh, a player with some significance. And maybe in the it'll score, he'll score a few goals, but whatever. Nothing too crazy on that note. As for those questions, who do I think will make more of an impact this year on Club America? It was Kevin De Bruyne or Jaden Sancho. And the reason I say this, uh, the reason I've been asked this, I believe, is because Jaden Sancho is a guy that has really improved over his young career. And obviously we get Serge is going to really benefit from that in FIFA. And I, I see it in Ultimate Team. I see a lot of guys using him. Pace, the ability to cross. He's not necessarily the best finisher, and that's probably his weakest spot at the moment. But the fact of the matter is this guy can kind of do a little bit of everything. And especially when you play on the wing, you want a guy that can do all those things. And that's exactly what you want. As for Kevin De Bruyne, you know what he's going to bring in the attacking third. He's that kind of player. Defensively, though, is where I worry about him, and I'm sure Serge has already kind of figured out that, listen, the defense is hard in this game. I might as well just have the best attacking players. I think De Bruyne will be more influential just because a lot of teams play down the middle, and Serge is one of those teams that really likes to have that dominant ball uh, ball handler in the middle of the field. And frankly, De Bruyne's shooting, his chip crosses, his just literally everything he does when he touches the ball, he is an out-and-out playmaker. He is a true number 10, and he will really really hurt some teams this year I have a feeling we're going to see at least a seven or eight goal game by this Club America team and it'll all be because of how good Kevin De Bruyne was on that day so I I would take De Bruyne in that debate uh, or just with that choice now on to the second question will Kashima finish in the top 10 see I don't know if this one is true last year I had Ryan in uh, I believe it was the ninth spot or 11th spot something like that I knew he was close to the top 10 actually I think I had him higher than that doesn't matter if he can get into the top 10, this is turning the ship around. He hasn't necessarily been the same old Ryan of late uh, in the last couple of seasons, I'd say even three seasons, but things are going to get better. I, I believe that kind of shifting himself around in the bottom kind of has made me restore a little bit of faith that, hey, if I could survive this, I can get better. And maybe with the likes of Neymar and Hazard uh, also on the team, I think that'll really help his prospects. I don't know if he makes top 10. I'm, I'll give him maybe the 12th spot. At best, I, I don't. I'm not giving him a chance to make the top ten. Next question: Who finishes higher, Liverpool or Spurs? Well, not many of you know, but Aaron and Joey really do help the show, whether they like to admit it or not. Um, when they we come forward with conversations and stuff like that and ideas, uh, but between the two guys that help make this podcast go, I'm gonna say Liverpool have a better chance, and it's mostly because there's more of a well-rounded balance to that team. That team is starting to look like a team full of depth and more and more each season there's something to get excited about that the team does and getting a right back after unsuccessfully getting Trent Alexander-Arnold from Porto you have to like that Kimmich joins this side he could also play in the midfield he could be a versatile player that is something to watch out for I know that those are big money purchases and he brought in Signe in last year he had Asensio who he's now uh, I believe moved on to Spurs. So, I, I, in my opinion, I just feel like Liverpool has the talent with Bobby Firmino as well. Coutinho's on that team. Um, there's still a lot to be happy about with this squad. I know that there's 
things can very much change very quickly with injuries throughout the season. But I do like Liverpool to finish higher. Tottenham, at the moment, defending is going to be an issue. I do believe they'll score plenty of goals with Harry Kane. They have to obviously do a better job of getting Marco Royce involved as the season goes on. Um, Ever since, though, they lost Sterling. They've felt like a different team. Bernardo Silva quite hasn't clicked on that right wing spot. So I expect him to rotate him out as well. You have a lot of versatile players on that roster. A lot of different formations can be played with those guys. Uh, So we'll see what Tottenham do to kind of evolve their season. I believe they'll have a better season than last, but I don't think they'll have a better season than Liverpool. Now, the last question is which board member, since they're all in D1 now, do I think will finish the highest? Listen, so we have Manchester United, we have Kashima. Um, who I think could have pretty decent years. You have Surge and you have Dre of Celtic. Listen, Celtic are coming into D1, kind of not really blind. They've had a decent time about going playing um, D1 teams. Manchester United have been giant killers in the past, and they continue to have that reputation of just tactical know-how, just don't quite always get the goal they need to get. Uh, But I'm going to still go with Surge. I think Surge obviously is a potential title winner. Um, if I had to put one in second, I'd go Manchester United. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say that Celtic will finish higher than Ryan. I think they'll battle. They'll be a closer fight because uh, I think Pierre will improve with some of the moves he's made. And um, I think I will just have maybe Kashima finishing just above Celtic. I think those two will finish just ahead of each other. Last question is actually this. I thought I didn't have any more questions. Uh, my last question is, um, or my question to me is which D2 team from last year will survive? So which ones will survive? I believe I'm going to have Celtic and Ronnie surviving. Um, like I said, we're going to preview D1 uh, on next week's podcast. We're going to talk about who goes down. So I'm going to have someone, a few, three teams, possibly five teams mad at me next week. Um, but hmm, I have to say, I like what Ronnie's done so far. The talent in the attack and the midfield is still there. You have to look at Celtics defending and kind of the how they set themselves up from last season. If they could defend against those D2 teams, they could beat some of the teams in the bottom with just their defense alone. You know, a 1-0 game, I'm sure Dre will take it. He's not going to be against that. And if you're looking at PSG, I think PSG go down. I don't think Josh has done enough to improve the team. Um, kind of a fluky reason he's up, but that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. Uh, you're looking at Bayern Munich. I think they might go down too. It's just super inconsistent in D2. Got really hot at the end. That could translate, but chances are it's not. We've had a really long break. The momentum is we're all starting again. <laughs> you know, We're all starting from zero all over again, so we'll see how that goes. Other than that, I think that's, I think that's where we sit. I think that's good enough for me. I think that... We're here. We'll see what happens. And uh, I do believe those are the two teams that stay up. I do believe PSG and Munich will go down. All right. So let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you guys once again for listening. Um, you know, you guys really do a good job. I, I was looking at some of the plays as we go into, you know, we're on break. That episode I have of the proposal for the whole playoff thing is now reached like 110 plays. And I don't know if it's just Ryan replaying it over and over again, saying, that son of a bitch, you did it. Uh, you, f- you figured everything out. Or it's just other people listening to it, and I don't know how. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for being 
able to listen to the podcast, take it for what it is. Like You know it's not perfect by any means, and you still love it. You still have a good time with it. So I thank you guys very much for that. Um, like I said, you guys next week will get the big preview that has been, I'm sure for some of you, waiting for it to come and where you think I think you're going to finish um, type of thing. And, and I know some people are going to disagree with me. They're going to hella disagree with me when I do rankings as the season goes on and I do stuff like that. I know you guys aren't always going to agree, but one thing we could agree on is that we do need to have, and this is something to be said, for the first time, one season – we post every result correctly. Now, it's one thing to take all the pictures that you need to take and you miss one picture and you have to upload it later. That's not a big deal. I'm not talking about instances like that. I'm talking about when we don't post anything at all. We just, oh, type up, you type up the result. That's not fun. Listen, if you take a loss, you take a loss. I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose games this year too. Like, I'm not going to be happy about it, but you got to take it because you won. You got to respect your opponent. Two, you're definitely going to try and respect the guys around you, your peers that play in this league. And three, you got to help the guys that put on the entertainment in the league. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about Ryan. I'm talking about the board. Like They do a lot of work, and they need that help. Now, once again, thank you guys for listening. To find our Instagram at uh, San Pedro FIFA League, you can check that out. I will be on it as we go along in this season and try and have – uh, just kind of different perspective of what's going on in the league. So look for that. Um, if you really need to hit me up managers, you guys know where to find me for those who are just fans of the podcast. You can hit me up on the Instagram. It is no problem. I will be checking it periodically as we go along. Other than that, thank you guys for listening so, so, so much. I cannot be more thankful of all the support that you guys give me. I'm George Tello. This has been the San Pedro FIFA league podcast until next week. Goodbye. <laughs>